Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome to episode 36 of McChesney Unchained, coming to you from 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Strength and Fitness, or as we call it, 6-0 Football Academy. Uh, this place is truly the bridge. Check out 60strength.com for any and all questions and concerns, uh, and we can definitely help you attain your goal, especially if you're a, uh, a budding college football player and looking for opportunities. Um Episode 36 is jam-packed with information. we got a lot to talk about uh, from the NBA Finals to uh, the Colorado Buffaloes going in uh, to the first season under Mel Tucker, and we'll talk about them wrapping up the summer. Uh, we'll talk about the National Football League. I'll give you my division winners and the uh, AFC and NFC Championship game uh, participants, and then uh, who I think will be playing in the Super Bowl, But uh, and then I'll give you a winner. Um we're also going to talk a lot about your Denver Broncos and, uh, you know, the NFL Network going out and picking them to be 2-14 two, two and 14 and the doom and gloom around the country is not what I see on a daily basis working with the men. And then also uh, everything I hear and being kind of interwoven into the fabric, uh, if we're 2-14, and 14, there's huge problems. And I just don't foresee that happening. I don't think Vic Fangio is going to allow something like that to happen. Um, so... Like I said, this is uh, McChesney Unchained on episode 36 coming to you from 6-0 Studios at 6-0 Strength and Fitness. Uh, big thanks to our uh, friends at bsndenver.com, Brandon Spano, Ryan Kosberg, and everybody down there uh, for, once again, being the best. So check out bsndenver.com. It is truly elite, and it's got the best coverage of any and everything you're looking for on the Mile High uh, region. Okay, so right off the bat. Uh, 10th and uni.com, T E N T H and U N I.com is one of our new sponsors here on McChesney Unchained. And, uh, if you're a buff fan, it is the place to go for buff gear. I mean, it, they have dope ass hats. I love their t-shirts uh, they do a great job of outfitting CU fans. And I think it's the best gear that that's out there. That's not straight from the team, if you know what I'm saying. So check out 10th and uni.com. Uh, and use the promo code GOBUFFS uh, to check out for a discount. So make sure you check that out. They're going to be with us throughout the entire football season, and I'm excited to have them on. Uh, and it's an incredible product that I, I wear the hats damn near every day. So if I'm wearing it, it must be good because I don't wear crap. All right, so check that out, tethanunity.com. Uh, episode 36 rolls. Okay, so right off the bat, the NBA Finals. Um I thought the finals were good, man. I mean, I, I, I was very entertained. I would have liked to see a healthy Golden State, but it is what it is. Uh, Kawhi Leonard winning the MVP is 
you know, it, it is what it is. He deserves it. He's the best player on the floor for the Raptors. I'd be interested to see if he stays. Um, but he doesn't owe Toronto anything. He got traded there, and he won him a title. So can't be too mad at the guy if he decides to leave. Um, I, I'd love to see Kawhi with the Lakers, not the Clippers necessarily. Although, if he went to the Clippers, at least you, have, you would have more depth in the West. The Western Conference is just going to cannibalize itself next year. It's so good. And, you know, Golden State's going to be hurt. They've, they've got... Durant that's going to be out with the Achilles, and we'll talk about that situation. And then you've got uh, uh, your shooter, Clay Thompson, going down in game six, tearing his ACL, trying to make a play. He's down for the season, and he's up for max contract too. So we'll see if Golden State keeps those two around. I'm sure they will. I don't know why you get rid of those two pieces. But they're going to be a four or five seed next year, I guess, unless Clay, unless uh, Stephen Curry just goes fucking off, which could happen. Um, but – they're going to have to deal with a very good Laker team getting Anthony Davis, and they're going to have to deal with you know whoever else they get there in L.A. and Kyle Kuzma, who's who's a really good player. Uh, the Nuggets are going to be a very formidable basketball team. They went out and got Boya Boya the other night from Oregon. He's probably developmental. He's a second rounder. He's got some issues with his with staying healthy. You know, big guys and feet are never a good thing. Uh, Yao Ming, George Marison, you know. Uh, Walton, uh, the older Walton, had terrible feet problems. So big dudes and feet, that's not a good mix in the NBA, but we'll see. I think he could develop into a really good player. Remember the Joker was a second-round pick. But the Nuggets are, are a solid team, and they're what you see is what you get. So we'll see what they do in free agency, but I don't anticipate any big splashes. I don't think they're going to go get Jimmy Butler or anything. So there's a lot of names out there. They're going to be switching teams, Kyrie, Jimmy, so on and so forth. So... We'll see where they fit and where they land. If I'm Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler, Kawhi or uh, Kyrie Irving, I'm staying in the Eastern Conference, man. The Eastern Conference is a much easier road. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's a much it's it's more it's simpler than the Western Conference. The Western Conference is going to beat the shit out of each other. There's some really good basketball teams there, and some and all the star power it seems is in the Western Conference. Honestly, if I'm Kawhi, I'm staying in Toronto, man. I got a chance to to build a dynasty. That entire starting five comes back. If they can fi finish, uh, or if they can get Gasol under contract, which I'm sure they will, especially if they bring back Leonard. And they've got length and youth, and I just think it's a good fit for Kawhi. And, you know, you got Drake and the private plane, and I just think that's a budding, it's, it's a, a budding franchise for, for looking at it as a, Dynasty. I think that the Raptors have a real legit shot if they can keep Kawhi to be a team that wins two or three titles, maybe four. They're they're damn good basketball team, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, all in all, I thought the finals were really, really good, um, with the exception of the injuries. Now, injuries are part of the game, and that sucks, but it, when it comes down to it, I guess the question, and I heard this proposed to Dennis Rodman on uh, NBA or on ESPN First Take, and it was... Could the Warriors at their height, healthy, a healthy uh, Kevin Durant, uh, a healthy Klay Thompson, could they run and beat the 72-win Bulls with MJ and Pippen and Rodman and all those guys, Tony Kukoc and, you know, Luke Longley and I can't believe I just said fucking Luke Longley and Steve Kerr was on that team and all, all the talent, Ron Harper and all those dudes, they had depth, but they had MJ. And then the Warriors parade out Durant and Curry and Thompson and 
Draymond Green, and we'll say Boogie Cousins. On paper, people might pick Golden State, but I'm not. No way I'm picking against a guy that never lost in the finals and Michael. Pippen never lost in the finals. I mean, Robin has tons of finals experience. And honestly, I think you put Robin on Durant. Durant still might get 25-30, but he's also going to get a technical and hate his life because, I mean, Robin could grab his nuts in the middle of the game for all he knows. So, <laughs> I mean, fuck. So I just I just think that MJ's too too cold and he, he's too much of a competitor to allow Golden State to beat him. I just don't see it happening. And it's a hypothetical, of course, but I just don't see it. So I would take that, the the Bulls team, I'd take the Bulls team over anybody. That was the best basketball team I've ever seen play. I know I'm biased. I was a kid when, you know, the I was going into high school, I think, or I was in high school my freshman year when that team won the title. So I fell in love with them and and I think it's the best basketball team ever, and I don't think that the Golden State Warriors could run with them. Do I think it would go six or seven? Yeah, I do. Durant's going to get his. Somebody's got to figure out a way to play Curry. But that Bulls team was coming from an era of physicality and, you know, really less less isolation basketball and more teamwork, even though they had Jordan. When it came down to it, it was give the ball to Michael and get out of the fucking way. But I'm saying the the triangle, triangle bitch, I'm saying the triangle would probably, and 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 all the little coaching points that the Zen master can roll out there, I think that overtakes Steve Kerr and just to shoot as many threes as possible and we'll win because we have sharpshooters. I just think that Phil Jackson and his triangle would, and having Michael Jordan would outweigh. So, <clears throat> well, that's a hypothetical, but please, at BSN uh, Unchained, at BSN McChesney Unchained on Twitter or at Six Zero Academy and Wayne, give me your thoughts uh, and, and interact, and and we'll get back to you for sure. All right, moving on. <clears throat> Call our Buffaloes. All right, remember our new sponsor. Sponsor is TenthAndUni.com. That's T-E-N-T-H and U-N-I.com. Um, and if you're looking to update your Colorado Buffalo apparel for the upcoming football season, and you want to look clean at these games. Check out 10th and They're awesome. Uh, you can look at them on uh, Instagram too at 10th and Uni. And I posted some stuff yesterday on my account at Six Year Academy. Um, it's founded and operated by Colorado alumni. Go Buffs. 10th and Uni provides timeless t shirts and hat designs blended with quality materials. And I can attest to that as I wear them every day. Uh, use the promo code Go Buffs at checkout for a discount. Uh, and they will hook you up. So any of you Buffalo alumni out there looking for some gear, 10thandunity.com, promo code go buffs. All right, so let's talk about your Colorado Buffaloes. First and foremost, I love their aggressive nature in recruiting. Um, <clears throat> it's going to take some time to change the minds of Colorado people and kids because it's been bad, and the kids have been neglected in the past. And I'm, I'm not saying they weren't recalling, recruiting Colorado kids. I'm saying that they needed outside affirmation for a long time. There was a, a long time of who else out, who else has offered him rather than we think we can develop him and we see talent. Coach Tucker and, <clears throat> and Coach Cap and and everybody they've, they've brought in, they've taken the handcuffs off Coach Chivarini and now he can offer and, and if he sees talent he likes, he can go after it. They are being super aggressive with trying to identify talent and keep it in Colorado. And just look at this, Okay. Offers at 6-0 right now from CU. Reese Atterbury, number one player in Colorado. He's on a recruiting trip to Michigan this week. Uh, Anthony Costanzo, who just got offered by CU, and he's only a sophomore. Pine Creek, going to be a junior. 
Keen Dudley is going to be a junior at Pine Creek as well, who, or excuse me, at Palmer Ridge, Dudley and uh, Costanzo at Palmer Ridge, excuse me. Uh, they're both sophomores, to be juniors, both offered by CU Early. Dudley's all over the country on trips and camps. Trey Zoon, who's exploding from Fossil Ridge, who third offer was CU. Chase Penry from Cherry Creek, who's a sophomore wide receiver, going to be a junior. Absolute monster of a possession player. Great burst, great catch radius, and an absolute pain in the ass to cover one-on-one. I don't think it can be done, especially in this state. They offered him at camp the other day. Carson Lee is a commit. Uh, the big offensive lineman from Cherry Creek, uh, who's been in the in the program over here at Six Zero for years, <clears throat> so CU's doing a really good job of getting in front of these kids early. There's no more wait and see them at camp. If they like them, they're offering them early, which is the way that you get Colorado kids. It's the way that other schools go in, and it's how they get in line first because they offer first. So, you know, you don't want to you don't want to let Nebraska offer Trey Zoon first, but they did. So CU got in on him third. It is what it is. When you've got a kid like Aiden Nakia Kanakea from Notre Dame who's a, or from Mullen, who's a Notre Dame commit, that's the kind of kid you got to get on immediately. He's got to be the first offer. Oregon can't come in and offer him first. So I anticipate Coach Tucker changing that, and I'm watching him do it day in and day out. So uh, I'm pretty excited about the future of recruiting up there. But let me get this out there. You can't just build a team with all Colorado kids, okay? It's not going to happen. You're not going to get everybody. So people have to pump their brakes on all the negativity. Some kids don't want to play in Boulder either. So, you know, the, the coaches just got here. They're doing their best to get the kids on campus and show them things are changing. And the best way to keep kids in state, go win, period. So, we've, you know, you got three games at the beginning of the year where – you can make that happen. You got CSU, you got Nebraska in Folsom, lock the fucking gates on them and let's go. And you got Air Force coming into Folsom, which I love. They're going to run the Veer option at us all game, which makes me nervous, but I love the matchup. Um, I think you got an opportunity to really just kind of build a wall around the state and say to Nebraska, you know, there's two years in a row, we beat your ass. Take a year off and we'll see you in a year. But the, they, they walk into Colorado and take kids every year. They took Mike Lynn out of this place last year, a big 6'7 offensive lineman from Cherry Creek. They took Tate Wildeman the year before, a big 6'7 defensive lineman from Legend. So, you know, they're, they're in Denver recruiting. The best way to, to change people's minds in Colorado is to go beat their ass. And trust me, there's nothing better. So I anticipate the first three games of the season, to the onus to go 3-0, and it's high. And listen... My senior year in 04, we went, we started the year 3-0, and and it's hard, man. It's hard to win those non-conference games. Everybody wants to start the year off the right way going into conference. So I think there's a lot of opportunity, to say the least. What I love mostly about all this is the competition, man. There's so much competition in Boulder right now. It seems like with the exception of Montez and Laviscus and maybe King Mustafa, there is – and that's Mustafa Johnson, excuse me, the, the outstanding three technique. With the exception of those three, well, excuse me, four, and Landman. The exception of those four, it seems like every position's up in the air. They're moving guys around on the offensive line. They're playing young guys. Austin Johnson from Highlands Ranch, who's a Dungeon Family guy, is up there kicking ass as a true freshman, early enrolled, already running with the ones and getting a lot of looks. Uh, they brought in Hambright from Oklahoma State, big offensive lineman grad transfer that's going to help. Will Sherman is playing all over the field. 
uh, both guards and both tackles trying to figure out where where that freak of nature plays. Super long, very athletic, smart kid who's only going to be a, a, a junior. He's going to be a great player for CU moving forward, or is he going to be a redshirt sophomore? I don't know. But he's got years in front of him. Defensively, I think this team has a real chance to be elite. I think they could be a team that carries the buffs this year instead of sets the table for them. I felt like the defense set the table for us last year, and then we just we, we you know hit a skid and lost seven in a row. And it was like quicksand. The harder the buffs tried to, to dig out of the quicksand, the deeper they sunk. So it is what it is. But they got to learn from that last year. They got to learn from the five and seven shit show that was and turn it into a bowl team. My junior year at CU in 03, we were coming off back-to-back Big 12 North titles and a Big 12 championship in 01, and we struggled. We changed defenses. We, you know, Vince O'Crew was adamant that we had the, the talent in the secondary to just play three deep, uh, cover one, and it, it, it just didn't work. And, and it, it was because of our scheme because when we changed it in the middle of the year, we started playing with everybody a lot better. We finished the year five and seven and lost to Nebraska and Folsom to not go to a bowl game, and it was heartbreaking. And we were in the in the fucking weight room the next Monday morning at six a.m. grinding. No, there was no there was no rest. There's no oh we'll get them next year. We went straight to work, and that's what this team did. I know it. I know it. I know they went straight to work. Coach Tucker is not messing around. He is all about grind and earning it. They've ran off a bunch of guys that were just there for free school. Kick rocks. Good riddance. Leave. Transfer somewhere else. Get out of here. We don't want those guys up there. If you're not there to help the team get better and sacrifice to get this place back to where it should be, we don't want you. And Coach Tucker feels the same way. So it's good to see the transition. You know, if they can take a five and seven shit show and turn it into a my my senior year in 04, we won the North again and, and played in the Big 12 title game and won a bowl game. If they can turn around this year and win eight or nine games and go and win a bowl game and maybe play in the Pac 12 title game. That's a huge turnaround, and that's the kind of momentum that we've got to now sustain. Coach Mack had a great season in the middle of, of some bad ones, and he couldn't sustain it. They couldn't ride the wave. They were so happy about just the one good year, they couldn't figure out a way to ride the wave into the next. They had some great leadership, Phil Lindsay and Tedrick and Cheeto and all those guys on that team, but still, you got to find a way to keep that shit rolling, and they just couldn't do it. So hopefully... You know, Montez and, and and guys like that, they can come together this year with all the youth. And you got Montez and Landman and LaViscus, so on and so forth. Those guys got to come together. Tim Lanott Jr. has got to be the leader up front for that for that uh, that group. Coach Cap wants nasty ass kickers up front. And trust me, he's recruiting them. He is definitely recruiting them. That, the, the Jake Ray kid, W-R-A-Y from Georgia. I met him up at CU when I was up watching a practice. He was on a visit, and that son of a bitch is huge. He's got a big brother that plays at Ohio State. Football lineage is there. Then pulling a four or five star uh, offensive line commit out of Georgia is a huge get. They got another six eight monster from California the other day. They're actively recruiting the shit out of Reese Atterbury in this room right now, just beating his door down, trying to get in front of him. Um, and you know, like I said, they they are very active in recruiting. So I think CU's on the right path. And I, I'm really looking forward to the first three weeks of the season. I'm telling you, I don't know if I've been this excited for an opener uh, or for an opening month since I played. And last year I was at Lincoln uh, when we beat them. And I guarantee you winning in Folsom this year 
It is going to be incredible. So get these, get the get the bug eaters in Folsom, lock the fucking gates, and let's go to work. Okay, so like I said, check out 10thanduni.com. There are new sponsors here. If you're a buff uh, fan or alum, you definitely need to check it out for any and all uh, CU gear. It's an incredible product, and I rock the hats every day. I'm going to be rocking one here uh, when we start at 6-0 this morning when guys start coming in. And uh, check it out, 10thanduni.com. Promo code GOBUST for a discount. Okay, <clears throat> moving into the National Football League, okay? We'll talk about the NFL as a whole, and then we'll get into your Denver Broncos. All right, National Football League. Okay, so the NFL, I'm just going to go out and pick the division winners. I'm going to tell you who I think is going to play in the championship games. And then on the next McChesney Unchained, episode 37, I will tell you who I think will play in the Super Bowl. Now, um, there's some carryover. There's just good football teams out there. But there's some teams also, You people are going to call me a homer, but I can't help it. I think the Broncos have gotten a lot better. So in the AFC, I got Kansas City winning the West, the damn Patriots winning the East again because, number one, they're in the worst division in football, but number two, they have Tom and Bill, so they're going to win again. Um, Pittsburgh's the North, even though everybody's on Cleveland and thinks that Baltimore's going to be better. I think that <clears throat> Lamar Jackson will struggle as a sophomore. Uh, you know, that little sophomore slump going into his second year. So we'll, we'll see, but I think Pittsburgh and, and the leadership at quarterback, sorry, that was my alarm, Pittsburgh and the leadership at quarterback are going to ring through there uh, in the long run, in my opinion, even though Big Ben's a dick, he still has a ton of experience and he is the leader there. Um, <clears throat> and I know they got rid of a lot of talent, but they always get rid of talent in Pittsburgh and find a way to win. I think Nick Foles and Jacksonville are going to win the South. I think that there's going to be a huge turnaround down there. Coughlin and, and Doug Marone aren't going to allow that to happen twice. Um, a lot of it was on Bortles, and he's gone now. So I think that Foles will go down there and earn every cent and put that defense in a position to be as dominant as it was. So watch out for the Jags. And then the wild cards, I got the Browns and the Broncos. So I think the Broncos go 9-7, and 10-6. and six. We'll talk about that when we get uh, to the next segment here. I'm at Jesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network here from 6-0 Studios at 6-0 Strength Fitness. Check out 6-0strength.com. But I, I really do think that the Broncos are a wild card team. They have a Super Bowl MVP at quarterback. They've got a, a, maybe 50-plus sacks between Vaughn, Chubb, and whoever else they parade out there to rush passer. You, who are you going to block one-on-one? They've got opportunistic players in the secondary. They went and got Callahan. I just think that there's a lot of productive uh, movement for the Denver Broncos. And and Mr. B just passed. So if you actually think they're not going to play their asses off, you're crazy. Um, all right, NFC. The West. I got the Rams winning the West, the Cowboys winning the East, the Packers winning the North, and New Orleans winning the South. I've got San Francisco and Chicago as the wild card teams there. I think Chicago will fall off a little bit, but I also think Green Bay is going to be a 12-13 win team just because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. I just don't see him allowing the Packers to suck like they have for an extended period of time. So we'll see what happens there on episode 37 uh, next week, moving into training camps and moving into the, the month of July, 26 days now until the Broncos open. Uh, we'll get you our AFC and NFC championship picks. And then we will also <clears throat> tell you about the Super Bowl and who we think is going to play in it here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. So there's your NFL division winners and what the playoffs will look like. Of course, we don't have the seating, but that's that's the 12 teams I think will make it. 
Um, <clears throat> and now we'll start your uh, your Broncos banter here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. It's brought to you by our good friends at NeuroXPF.com. As usual, my man Kyle Turley and his amazing product, uh, the the Neuro uh, XPS soft gel caps right there. I'm about to pop three of them here in a minute when we get off the show. And it's an MCT CBD oil. Uh, it's an extended release capsule. And it is an incredible product that's helped me with everything from inflammation to sleep to anxiety. Uh, it's helped me a ton. It's helped me get off Celebrex. It's helped me get off Advil and, and you know, all the things that I was taking for, for pain management and for inflammation management. These products at NeuroXPF.com have really been lifesavers. So check them out, NeuroXPF.com. Again, we'll bring you the the Broncos banter here on McChesney Unchained. Okay, so the NFL Network comes out and has the audacity and the gall to say the Broncos are going to be 2-14. and 14. They're beating the Titans and, I don't know, the Raiders or some shit. I mean, that is just straight disrespect. Number one. Mr. B just passed. This team's going to be real, real, real motivated to win for that man. And look, I'm a nobody, all right? I played two injury-filled seasons with the Broncos. Um, it was an honor to to finish my career here in Denver, but it's not like I'm an all-time player or anything. And I even got a Pat Bowen story. So my, my first year with Denver, we were practicing uh, at the old – I guess it's called a bubble. It's like a closet that we used to practice in because they didn't have an indoor facility. Or when we didn't go to the family fun zone over here, the bubble that everyone uses, we would go in the in the closet in the back. And it's not a lot of room, but he used to come and watch through the window, watch the teams prepare and practice. So a lot of walkthroughs done in there. And I was walking out, and and uh, he was sitting on a, a little weight bench there talking to, to Coach Tootin, who's our strength coach, Greg Tootin. And... Uh, and Mr. Bowen grabbed my sleeve, and he goes, Matt McChesney. And I was shocked that he even knew who I was. I'm just a, going into my sixth year in the NFL, and I'm a journeyman, and I switch positions. But Matt McChesney, uh, he went to Colorado, right? You're a Colorado kid, right? You grew up a Bronco fan? Yes, sir, Mr. Bowen, I, I did. Uh, uh, it's, great. it's good to have you here. Uh, welcome to the family. And that 30 seconds that Mr. Bowen took to point me out and to pull me aside meant the world to me, man. And I'm going to miss that man. And just because of what he meant to this community and to Broncos country and given, you know, a guy like me a chance, because it's all comes down to him. He doesn't buy the team in 1984. You know, I, I believe in the butterfly effect. I believe in karma. Maybe I don't end up playing for the Broncos. Maybe good things don't happen. Maybe the Broncos move. There were a lot of rumors in the early nineties that they were trying to move the team. Maybe they do. So Mr. Bowen, what he did here in Denver being, you know, 300 wins, 10 years, 10, 10 wins a year for 30 years, essentially. More Super Bowl appearances than losing seasons. Mr. B, thank you. Thank you so much for everything you did for this community and everything you did for the Denver Broncos and for giving a bum like me a chance. So, uh, we, you know, we'll always be grateful uh, to Mr. Bowen and everything he's done. We'll see what happens with the ownership stake. As long as the, the Broncos are ran correctly and they never leave, we're good. And I'd love to get a dome on the stadium so we can host a Super Bowl. That would be kick-ass. Okay, moving forward here. 2-14. and 14, You're fucking crazy. You're high off your ass. It's not happening. I think the Broncos are a 10-6 and 6 football team, okay? Um, 
And I really, truly believe that because, number one, they have a quarterback in Joe Flacco that's out to prove something. And a, a Super Bowl MVP first-round quarterback with a chip on his shoulder, everybody's saying he's the worst player at his position out of all the starters, is crazy. You're just throwing gasoline and kerosene on this fire. And I expect it to burn out of control at times and for Joe to have a huge year. Phil Lindsay coming back off an of injury, motivated to be successful. Phil got back from his vacation. Immediately, text message, ding, ding, when can I get in and get to work? That's who he is. I anticipate Freeman will get a ton of work as well. I don't need Phil to be the, the workhorse all year. I need him to be healthy when we get into a playoff run. Next year when the Broncos, and I was talking to them, about, to, to them. I was talking to Connor and Sam and Reisner and this big John Leglue, uh, some bitch from Tulane who's a massive human, one of the undrafted rookies, and Schlotman and everybody else was in here the other day. And we were talking about when we hit a six and six point this year where we need to make a run for the playoffs, we got to go the other way. So what do we do to fix that? And I anticipate that having a healthy Phil Lindsay that can sustain load, that'll help. Having a healthy Jake Butt that can sustain load and spread a defense out, that'll help. Having a healthy Emmanuel Sanders that can actually stretch the field and force double teams will help. Remember, when those guys got hurt, we were screwed. Having a healthy Chris Harris Jr. to play and get everybody lined up correctly will help. They were setting tight end records with Kerry Kittle, oh, Kerry Kittle, shit, with Kittles last year uh, in the first half of that game. They they made adjustments in the second half. He didn't have a fucking catch. So I think there's so much talent here. Vic Fangio's not going to allow them to go 2-14. and 14. John Elway's not going to allow them to go 2-14. and 14. Not happening. No way. Unless they are absolutely ravaged by injuries and everyone's hurt, there's no way it happens. So I think it's disrespectful, number one. And hopefully everybody has that pinned up somewhere in the locker room. And I can tell you as an ex-player, I know players are always talking about they don't read the, the clippings and they don't listen to the radio, blah, blah, blah. They fucking listen. They know what's being said. They absolutely read the clippings. They know. Everybody's got ESPN at the, on at the house. Everyone's got NFL Network bumping. So they know. They watch. And I guarantee you they see it. So, you know... It's the, you know, it's saying they don't see it. When Bowles came out and said, oh, they finally drafted a real left guard. Number one, I love Reisner. He, he's going to be a good left guard for the Broncos. He might take Garrett's job if he doesn't stop fucking around and, and stop holding people because I think he can play tackle too. But Reisner's a rookie. You had a, a great player in Ron Larry next to you. Connor McGovern played next to you. Billy Turner played next to you. They all have way more experience than Dalton. For, for Bowles to come out and say something like that in the media... If guys didn't read it, then Ron wouldn't have seen it. And I know damn well he did because we talked about it. He talked to Bulls about it. So guys look, guys listen, guys read the, the clippings. They know it. You can't not read it. So honestly, I think that it's a good way to get motivated, man. There's nothing wrong with being a little pissed off about this. Anger is a gift, as the great Zach De La Rocha from Rage Against the Machine said. Anger is a gift if you use it correctly. You know, use it to to motivate yourself to go get better. I think the Broncos went out this offseason getting Kareem Jackson and Callahan and getting Chris Harris back on the good side, giving him what he wanted. By the way, I've never seen anybody demand a $3 million raise and actually get it. So big old nuts, Chris Harris. I love that you're still here, but I couldn't believe that it actually happened. I can't believe you strong-armed John Elway. I just didn't anticipate him going for that. But looking at Chubb and Vaughn on the outsides, and then 
looking at Chubb and knowing that that's the Khalil Mack there, they didn't have enough Von Villain in Chicago. Can you imagine what they are going to do with a Khalil Mack type and Chubb who could be better than Mack when it all said and done and Vaughn? Holy shit. I think they should explore bringing back Pecco on a one year. He's out there on the free agent market. Bring him back just because he's such a good run stuffer. I think that's going to be a problem for them as we move forward. Dayton Jones from Ohio State's a hell of a talent in the third round, but he needs to learn how to play the run in the NFL and, you know, good guard tackle deuce calls. If you get a deuce heavy on him, he's getting moved. Um, it, you know, it's the same problem that, like, a guy like Demarcus Walker has. Great pass rusher in college, an absolute dominant player on the outside. He needs to put on some weight and go to a four-eye or a three technique and play a double team, and he gets his ass kicked because he's not used to it. So, you know, as long as the development is there, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I will say this, this group up front, especially the offensive line and the running backs, I haven't worked with any of the other positions really, but they are real motivated. I've got them in the gym right now. You know, they're in here getting better three, four days a week, really working on perfecting craft and trying to really maximize each minute here so they can apply what Coach Munchek wants. They can apply what Coach Cooper wants. They can apply what, what Coach Spags wants. They can apply what everybody's looking for. So the frustration level there is gone. So now we're focused on getting better. We're not focused on the failure. You know, when you lose, that's all you can focus on is the loss. The Broncos have to get to a point where even if they lose a game or a rep or a series, whatever, you look at it as a learning experience. If you look at every time you lose as, a, as you losing, you're a fucking loser. If you look at it as an opportunity to learn from your mistakes, now you're progressing and getting better. So I anticipate Fangio and his staff to be more on the you lost, now learn from it, instead of the you lost and you're a loser and it's your fault. I felt like there was a lot of fault last year when they should have been coming together and it, it originated in the staff for some reason. So I'm really looking forward to the Broncos season. I think they have a real chance to turn some heads and be that surprise team this year. I just, I can't get behind them being terrible and then drafting another quarterback next year when they just took Drew Locke as high as they did. I just can't get behind it. So, you know, all the rookies are signed, talking about Drew Luck, other than Locke and Reisner. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens there, but they, they are both still uh, looking for, to sign their contracts. I just, I think that there's a lot of potential here for, for greatness. I think Noah Fant, you know, people need to understand that they play multiple tight end uh, formations here uh, with, with this offense, with the West Coast. So even though Hireman's listed at the starter, Fant's going to get all the seam balls and all the run there. So, I mean, be a little bit more educated if you're a fan. Getting outraged about that is ridiculous. You know, if they go 13 personnel, there's three tight ends on the field. Probably one of them is going to be a fullback. Um, I know that there's a large contingent of people that don't want a fullback on the team, but Kyle Juszczyk from Baltimore, who played in San Francisco last year, had a ton of catches and was, was in on almost 65% of their plays. Andy Janovich is going to be an absolute weapon for the Broncos last year. I love that guy. I think he's an absolute stud. Even though he's a bug eater and a cornhusker, I still think he's a stud. He's going to be ISO and middle linebackers. On top of, they make, you know, this offense, the more that I've watched it with the guys and the more I've watched San Francisco last year and talking to these guys about how we're applying concepts and, and scheme and whatnot, 
the ability to make the play action and the run game look exactly the same with scissors concept, which is a lot of tight end motion from the opposite side or or uh, near and far king and queen concept in I formation, 21 personnel with the fullback. It gives them tons of opportunity for flat routes and seam routes off play action. If you go back and watch San Francisco against Denver last year in San Francisco and now they tore us up, it's because of play action and the inability of Denver to decipher between is it a run in the first two steps or is it a pass? Everything looks the same. So with a, with a healthy Flacco and a healthy Phil Lindsay and a healthy you know offensive line that everybody in there is competing for jobs, you know, I, I think that there's a ton of potential. Ton. So, you know, it, it's it's a good thing. I'd rather them pick the Broncos to be two and fourteen than fourteen and two. Because two and fourteen is gonna piss a competitor off. It pissed me off. I can only imagine how it made the guys feel uh in the locker room. And I know talking from the guys I work with, they scoff at it and laugh at it, but underneath everything, they are damn motivated to make sure that shit doesn't happen. Again, uh, you know, this is a, a tribute year to Mr. B, and I, can, I can't say it enough, but they've got to do a great job there over at Dove Valley at the UC Health Training Center of every day they go in that building trying to go in there with the same vigor and exuberance that Mr. Pat Bowen walked in with every single day. You know, I don't care if he showed up in, in a full leather suit with a fur coat, 90-degree weather. He was there to get better and to, to show his players that he's a grinder too. I'm telling you, I watched this guy on the step mill one day, and I hate the step mill with a passion. Mr. B, it must have been 30 minutes straight on like level 12, just killing it. Maybe level 20, I don't know. I don't know what the levels are on that thing, but it looked terrible, and he was just getting it. So, you know, it, that's the kind of mindset that the Broncos players need to take this year. And uh, and if they do, I, I think that the Broncos are, are a wild card team and, and fighting with Kansas City for that uh, – AFC West crown, I think that the Chargers will fall off, and the Raiders being good is laughable. <clears throat> okay, so that's episode 36 of McChesney Unchained here on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Um, I want to give a, a shout-out to all the 6-0 guys since our last episode that have gotten offered from Braden Wood at Fairview High School getting Missouri to Trey Zoon at Fossil Ridge High School back in Texas A&M, Michigan, Oklahoma, Penn State, Demetrius Powell getting his first two in Nebraska Kearney and Shatteron State. Cole Taylor getting Penn State and the University of Miami. The U from Grand Junction. Uh, Big Cole's a four-star tight end that I work with on the distance program. He got Penn State and the U. Uh, Big Rocky, uh, Antaina, and I can't pronounce his last name, but he committed to BYU last night, one of our JUCO distance kids. Committed to BYU, a dream come true for him. And Cameron Smith from Legend High School, committed to Wyoming, dream came true for him. They they join uh, Carson Lee, who's already committed to Colorado, and Aiden Kanakea, who's committed to Notre Dame. We call him Aiden Alphabet because, uh, obviously, the cracker-ass cracker over here can't pronounce anybody's names. Um, let's see, Grant Stewartson uh, bags a, uh, an offer from Idaho, uh, which is huge. Luther Ellis, uh, who played for the Lions for many years, uh, is the D-line coach up there. So if he identifies talent, it's real. Grant absolutely dominated the camp up there. So Grant bags Idaho, which is huge. Xavier Harrell from Arapaho, big safety over there, got his first one from Shatterman State. And Chase Lopez, uh, or actually two more, Chase Lopez gets the University of South Dakota 
uh, <coughs> excuse me, to add to his resume. And Chase Penry from Cherry Creek gets to the University of Colorado to add to his. <coughs> this is McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Episode 36 is a wrap. Remember, if you need help with college football recruiting or development, if you're a high school kid, a college kid, it doesn't matter. 60strength.com will take you where you want to go. This place is the bridge to your goals. Check it out at 60strength.com or on Twitter and Instagram at 60academy. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. That's episode 36. Thanks for listening, folks. Have yourself a great day, and we will get back to you on episode 37 shortly.